Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Coward is asked, the question is it safe? Expediency asks, the question is it politic? Vanity asks, the question is it popular? But conscience asks, the question is it right? And there comes a time when one must take a position that is neither safe, nor politic, nor popular, but he must do it because conscience tells him it is right. Every time our country stands in the path of danger, an instinct seems to summon her finest first. Those who truly understand it. When freedom shivers in the cold shadow of true peril, it's always the patriots who first hear the call. When loss of liberty is looming as it is now, the siren sounds first in the hearts of freedom's vanguard. Fighting for humanity and against globalism, one mind at a time. It's the Freedom Link with Joe Joseph. Well, hello, everybody. It is the 5th of November, 2022. Joe Joseph here, along with Scotty Lopez. It is the Freedom Link, and we are live tonight. The broadcast before um, the threat to democracy. Yes, that is the theme that seems to be going through the mainstream media uh, time and time again, Scotty. seems to be that that talking point, you know, like Department of Defense, Department of War. Now it's a uh, threat to democracy. If you don't participate, first of all, they, you know, whether you vote left or right, it doesn't matter because, you know, we don't live in a two-dimensional world. We live in a three-dimensional world, much more than that. But they've whittled it down to two dimensions. And mm-hmm. th- they're basically saying that you must, you must participate. And that if you don't, by democracy itself, is under threat. Right. And I, I just and- wonder, Scotty, because... Uh, I didn't realize we we lived in a democracy, but that's just that's just me. But go ahead. Uh, right, right, yeah. right. And and um, of course, uh, you've you've been seeing this trend lately. Um, it not just this election, but last election and the election before. It always seems like every election now is the most important election in order to save our mm-hmm. democracy. And, and funny like enough. Said, 
funny enough, I just want to point this out because this is important. This is important because this isn't the first time that this has been used. Um, originally, uh, World War One, right? There was a lot of pushback to the United States entering World War One, and it was none other than Edward Bernays himself that started that effort to um, kind of put Woodrow Wilson on a pedestal, we'll say. And doing it, he used the slogan, making the world safe for democracy. Making the world safe for democracy. That was his exact slogan that they rolled out. And sure enough, ah, that ah moment came about, Scotty. So here we are again. And they're trying to get people to participate, first of all, to validate that these elections are even, um, uh, how should we say, credible. But more importantly, they're doing so in a way that weaponizes it, which is exactly what right. they want. Right, and it's it's been weaponized on both sides because now they have everyone believing, or, or they want everyone to believe that if their side wins, then wow, we've saved a democracy. But if their side loses, then our whole way of life has completely changed. Uh, democracy has been destroyed. We've entered a tyrannical, uh, uh, you know, th this new tyrannical regime of the other side now controls the levers of power. And we no longer live in a free country anymore because, you know, uh, either the, 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 the commie tyrannist or the, uh, you know, or, or the, or the Nazi tyrannist is now in power. So, you know, it, it's 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 quite crazy you know and it's just another example of the uh you know the polarization that has taken place in this country and where we're at now to where you know it, 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 you you really can't it's hard to you can't really choose side you know because you're you're either you either got to no. jump on the you, you know i mean they want you to yeah, choose a side they That's want you the to choose right they want right you right to choose a side that's it and, and as, really the the best thing you can do if you think about it right best thing you could do is just stand back right right exactly. stand back and don't participate because you have no way or recourse to say uh no confidence i don't have confidence in this system i think everything's corrupt whether it be democrat or republican left or right i don't give a crap it is crap and i'm putting no contest they don't want that to be a measure you know because if you right. think about it there's a lot of people that have a crisis of conscience every time they select a candidate or pull a lever or whatever it is be simply by man you know i vote for this person i am somewhat responsible for the actions you're, that this person does while in office right right you're 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 signing on to uh everything that comes with that you know and and so you know the and like you said earlier you know uh you know they're using this oh it's a threat to our democracy our democracy uh news flash 
we don't live in a democracy in the United States. We live in a constitutional republic. Uh, <laughs> and in a constitutional republic, you know, uh, the, the, the minority still has a, a say in the situation, whereas the de a democracy is, uh, you know, two wolves and a sheep getting to vote on what's for dinner. Right. That's right. So, that's right. um, you know, that's one thing that just completely irks me is when they keep using this, our democracy is under threat, our democracy, democracy. It's like, no, no, because right there, right there, you're already, um, misleading and essentially lying to the public about the, the, our system that we're supposed to live under. You know, which That's is right. a constitutional republic. So That's right. So the the question is, what are the possibilities for false flags oh. before the elections? Now see, that that's well. a that's a very slippery slope you go down because of course there's a possibility of it. There's a possibility of many things. Um, right. now now there are always surprises, but um I would say that it would be incredibly foolish on anybody's part to do anything like, for example, the follow-up comment was Trump indictment for civil unrest. Yeah, you might see that. You might see that with a Trump indictment, or you might see the fact that if Trump gets indicted for any reason, especially in the state of New York, you got a guy like Lee Zeldin, Scotty, we were talking about this before the show, that if that does happen, he can pardon. So if there's anything like that, that's fine. You know, Now, if it's of a federal, pardon me, of a federal nature, uh, that might be different. And I don't know. Is it possible? Of course it's possible. I can't say there, for one, there one are... way or another whether or not that's going to happen. But there's spirited people on every side of the argument. You saw it with Black Lives Matters, right? Yep. There were riots in the streets. There's no reason to expect that there wouldn't be for the opposite side should their uh, – their, their, head or the top personality within that movement getting indicted. I mean, could it happen? Sure. It could happen. Right. Uh, there, there, there are cards that both sides could play, you know, depending on what all, what all happens or how things are going to shake out or look, you right. know? Uh, and then you also got the, uh, geopolitical stuff that could go down as well. Right. I mean, you all of a, a sudden lot. we've, We've had this, uh, you know, these this this talk lately over the past what week or two or the past yeah I would say two or three weeks you know, uh, uh, these discussions about dirty bombs and stuff you know and it's always going to be a discussion. It's always going to be right, right, right. Simply but, because but, of the ineptitude of these people on both sides. But the fact the fact that it's even being thrown out there, you know, and sort of put into the public consciousness, you know, means that, you know, if something does happen, right. Uh, they can be like, Oh, you know, and of course they can always use these events to rally the American public to, uh, to, uh, get everybody to, um, fall under the, Hey, let's support our leader. Right. You know, like a certain event 
uh, in September of 2001, uh, even if you were a Democrat or whatever, everybody got behind OGW, right? You know, it, it united the country, you know, a, a catalyzing event to unite the country. And it doesn't matter who's in charge. We got to support them, Joe. We got to support them because we got to. That's right. We got to support Problem, them, right? reaction, so, solution, man. So, you know, they could use something like that to, uh, to, rein in all of this polarization and get everybody to, you know, very well fall in. Would, would Dirty Bomb be a, a, a necessarily a, an effective way of doing that? Let me just ask that. In a, in a realistic point of view, is that something that you would exactly want to do? And then where are you going to do it? And what is like... See, that's a complex type of thing. Not right, to say right, that right. an event like 9-11 wasn't, because it was, um, and it was complex, but... And of course, we are, have to, we there, have to there, point there's out that... There's some nuances with, with that, that that make it very hard to pull off. That's all I'm going to say. And we also have to point out the fact that these are the words that were coming from Putin, right? He, he's the one bringing up all of this dirty bomb talk saying that Ukraine could possibly, uh, utilize a, you know, a dirty bomb and whatnot. But, you know, is that his way of sort of saying, Hey, watch out for something the West could possibly do. And he's like Very getting, well getting, yeah. getting out ahead of it and going, you know, Hey, you know, they've pulled crap like this before. So I'm going to sound the alarm on something very fishy that could, could occur. Uh, you know, could, I don't know. We're I don't talking know, but, about, we're talking about the Russians, right? So right, they, if right, anything, right, right, have right. been known for extremely effective clandestine operations. Right. Mm -hmm. That's yep. not they know what's going on and they have the resources and the know how to figure it out. So I don't I don't see that. I see it as as propaganda. And right. I see right. it as a boogeyman. I really, truly do. I don't think that that's um, that's going to happen if it does. No, no. I'd be un I'd be floored if it did only because that is like. um that's a pariah thing to do. You would be instantly the pariah of the world. And that's a hard thing to say for a country like the United States that has been the only one, the only country to use it in warfare, a nuclear weapon, you know? But um, right. when you look at what the cost is of an event like that in a population center, I'm not talking about like in the desert of death Valley or, or, uh, you know, in a, in a remote region of the Arctic circle where a lot of the nuclear testing has happened. I'm talking about in a population center, you're talking about years that it becomes uninhabitable. And right. I just, I just don't see the appetite, even the necrotic, evil despots and their cronies and the control freaks that run everything. I just don't see the appetite for that. I don't. Yeah, And, 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 you know, 
Right. I, I, I personally, I don't see Ukraine doing something like that because first of all, they were, they were the epicenter of Chernobyl. So they, they well know and understand the effects of what a nuclear, uh, there's a history there, right? Yeah. Disaster. would. But at the same time, but at the same time though, Scotty, you can't discount that the corruption that existed right in Ukraine prior to Russia's invasion that had to have been a factor for him to consider it period end of story there had to right. have been some never, sort of threat and you never know what people will do in a desperate situation and if right. ukraine feels like they're backed in a corner and russia starts gaining ground and you know things start getting really really dicey for them and they feel like a you know a wounded animal trapped in a corner Maybe they play that card. I, you know, I, I don't think so. But you know, the fact that it's either. being thrown, the fact that it's being thrown around, I think, is just of something to note and sort of. It's kinda, a boogeyman. It yeah, really, truly he, is. Know. Yep. Now I want to. I want to. Um, let's see. We got some. We got some interesting stuff to get into. And of course, it's the last broadcast before election day, and people that have listened to me over the years know. I don't participate. I will not because there is no candidate out there that can represent the core principles I believe need to happen for somebody to get my vote. Right. And hasn't for some time. So yeah, there was, there was only one, there was only one candidate that I would have actually went out and voted for. And that was Ron Paul. Ron Paul. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And those those days are gone. So right. with that said, because they don't put no confidence, I can't do it. Right. So there are some things going on in the news that are of interest and should be of interest to you. And that's what we're going to go through in the next hour is to kind of give a recap of some of the important things that I think you should be following because that is where I kind of figure the action's going to going to be and going to end up being and it's typically not where you would think that's the other thing we can look at economy and say that yeah is there a lot of risk with the economy of course there is there's always risk with the economy now more than ever you have geopolitics that's crazy. You have an economic war that's going on beneath everything. There's layers of, of action going on behind the scenes. And you're only giving, you're, you're given snippets of what's actually going on. So we'll try to kind of dive into that a little bit. The first thing of note that I think we should get into is the Federal Reserve. And it's something that we've harped on for a very long time, that the banksters run everything, that we know that, and that it should be, it is a entity of such unbelievable power that you cannot discount it, not for a second, right? So... Activist Post has a a great, great piece. Famous last words from the Fed. We will stay the course 
until the job is done. What does that oh, mean? Oh, what does that mean? Interest for you, rates. I, I, I'm saying that they're going to keep raising those interest rates. And they're going to keep. Uh... Is that a bad thing? Let me ask you something. <sighs> Is that a bad thing? I mean, the. Uh... I I don't see what they can really do though, honestly. To they, they're not the... looking at it that way. They're not looking at it that way. But wh- let me ask you this: Typically, in the past, take the last hundred years. It's always been common practice that you would make a wage, you come home, you take care of your expenses. And then you salt it away. A minority of people, after the Great Depression, there was a a big scare that happened that scared a lot of people away from the the stock market post-Great Depression. There was a trepidation there. So you only had a limited group, let's just say, of the global population that played that game. But then 401ks came around, right? Because there was an understanding that as time went on, you couldn't rely on savings or Social Security to ensure that you were going to be taken care of into your later years simply because the dollar was losing value and people were losing purchasing power. This is all a result of the Fed. And people like Charles Lindbergh Sr., uh, Senators McCormick and Dickstein were influential in trying to bring about hearings within the government to expose the money trust and their control on our lives and the erosion of not only the American dream, but just of the standard of living. Right. But that was kind of muted in a way by the onset of the American Industrial Revolution, then World War One and World War Two, and the technology that came about that made people's lives easier, more efficient, work was more efficient, getting to work was more efficient, Everybody's lives, every avenue of their lives became more efficient. So the the effect of that was blunted or muted to an extent through these efficiencies. And we saw those efficiencies and realized them through the 1980s into the early 1990s when they figured out, oh, man, we got to do something about this because we've run out of gas with these efficiencies we can't possibly squeeze any more out to do this so we need to find some other lever to pull to be able to to keep that or kick that can down the road per se and so they went about nafta cafta and the idea of free trade agreements free trade agreements really did help extend that period of basically the American dream, if you will, but it came at a sacrifice. And that sacrifice was savings because people no longer saved because they didn't get paid enough to save anything. And then there was interest rates. Interest rates collapsed 
around the late 90s, early 2000s and onwards to now because cheap money was required in order to keep the economy afloat. Now, the idea and the concept was that, hey, we can do this ad nauseum. Why? Because every other country in the world's printing money. So if they can do it, we can do it. The problem is the underlying economics or the underlying fundamentals are the same no matter where you go, no matter what country. And there are ratios that are pretty much you, you, you don't mess with because it's like math. You don't defy physics. You know, there's things of that nature that are pretty much set in stone. And when we hit $30 trillion in debt in and around there, whatever that tipping point was, that was it. Poop, scales tipped. Next thing you know, inflation starts to go crazy. So there are a lot of things that are not just at play here with the election, but but even so post-election, because the election's just right. but a minor facet of it all, Scotty. The the other thing is, right? So so here's here's a couple of things. In the United States, we got something called a debt ceiling. And that debt ceiling has or will be reached in a very short period of time. And I think with extraordinary measures, um, they can operate the government through about January or so. You have $31 trillion in debt. You have um, inflation running at what the real inflation rate. Only you know uh, when you go to the store and you measure the price increases that are happening in real time as you're doing it. And you can see it, right? If you go buy a dozen eggs, it should blow your mind what you're paying for a dozen eggs, right? Right. I think so. Um, groceries across the board, everything you're paying for. Look at how much it costs for paper plates, right? Paper plates. Yeah. This is stuff that's recycled material. And it, it costs you an astronomical sum. I would say almost double what it cost you six months ago. What is that all about, right? Where is this coming from? Where are these shortages coming from? Why all of a sudden are we out of diesel fuel? You know, these are things that we have to be asking ourselves. But do you think an election's going to solve it? No. If anything, I, yep. it's just a point in time, Scotty. That's all right. it is. And, it's you a know, historical I market. was going to say, you know, this is another example of it doesn't matter which side you vote for, left or right, you know, whatever. Uh, the Fed is going to do what the Fed is going to do. Because the That's Fed right. doesn't answer to the Fed doesn't answer to anybody on the left or the right, uh, and and the Fed is the one that is able to pull the levers and and and, and steer which way the economy is going to go, you know, and and make That's these right. decisions. And so 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 here know. we are, right? The Fed they're going to stay the course, and yep. Um, Michael Snyder, economiccollapseblog.com. He writes, the last time interest rates were so high, this high, that the U.S. economy had plunged into the Great Recession and millions of Americans lost their jobs. But the Federal Reserve isn't going to stop here. Of course they're not. In fact, Jerome Powell, the Fed chairman, is telling us that more rate creases are on the way. Now, for those that are saving, that's a great thing. That's not bad, right? Because right. typically in the past, what you would be doing is you would be saving. And when this stuff comes around and you start having higher right. interest rates, you end up making the, the interest more on money. your 
Yeah, the the interest on right? your savings goes up, and so that's a that's a good thing for people that are saving, right? That's you know? absolutely right. So that's not necessarily mm-hmm. a bad thing, but now it is because people are so indebted, mm-hmm. right? Now once right. it's a measure of debt and what you're paying as far as interest, of course, it's terrible. The problem right. is the world. The world is underwater. It's saturated with debt. And as Michael Snyder says, you know, and I'm going to point it out right here. But this isn't the early 1980s. It's not the early 1980s at all, because we don't have the same factors at play that we did in the early 1980s. The debt has exploded since then, right? So right. that the, the whole Volcker rule and all that stuff that you hear doesn't play. It, it's, it's not applicable because the, the, the game has changed. The game has changed 100%. So you can't even for a second say that, well, uh, we just got to raise interest until this goes and, and it'll tamp it down. No, it won't. There's another thing that's going on at the same time. You see, because from... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details 9-11 or so onward to present day, the Fed has printed about nine and a half trillion dollars. They've monetized about nine and a half to ten trillion dollars of our debt. Now, what does that mean? That means that there wasn't an appetite for our debt at a certain interest rate. They couldn't get people or countries or corporations or entities to purchase our debt for all the social programs, for the military buildups, for whatever it is, the pandemic, whatever you want to call it. All of those years, crisis after crisis, things were monetized or debt was monetized to to help fend off these crises. And the Fed's sitting on about I'd say about $10 trillion of it. Now, not only are they not buying that debt anymore, that quantitative easing, that term that you've heard, which is nothing more than printing money. Right. But they're having to give it, they're having to trickle it back in. All of that monetized debt. Now, all of a sudden, they have to let it mature and they're not going to roll it over. So there is a serious liquidity crisis going on on top of everything else. So if nobody's going to purchase the debt at a low interest rate, that means that as our $31 trillion in debt 
matures, each time it matures, they're having to roll it over at a much higher interest rate, which in turn is going to cost the American people a fortune. And this is where austerity comes in, because it is an ugly term that we've seen used in other countries that's caused riots, the Arab Spring. Um, it has happened everywhere where debt becomes and inflation becomes a problem. And once you have inflation and it takes hold, it's very, very, very hard to stop it. It's almost like a death spiral. Right. And you I was going to say, it's like, a, it's like be, a snowball. Once it starts, once it starts picking up and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and more out of control. And it, yeah, it's very hard to. Very hard to stop it. That. Right. And you yeah, have to right. be, you have to take some pretty tough steps, especially when you have a country like ours that has been addicted to handouts since about the 1960s, right? Because right. It, it happened with, with FDR in its infancy. But at that time, FDR used it as a way to rescue the country from a very, very deep depression, which the Great Recession was nothing more than a depression. Let's just call it what it was. And he took those measures, putting it into infrastructure and other things to help build the economy back up, put people to work. It was, in everybody's guesstimation, a pretty needed thing, but it helped modernize the country and its infrastructure. Not necessarily a bad thing, right? But today, that's not happening. And even if you tried to do it, you couldn't do it by going into debt. Now, every president before Biden had that ability to do so from Biden on that's not that's not going to happen without some sort of budgetary realignment or significant tax increases now in the 1950s 19, late 1940s 1950s the top tier tax bracket was 90%. Think about that, 90%. Many of us, a matter of fact, I would wager to say most of us that are tuning in tonight wouldn't qualify for the 90% tax bracket, but most of Hollywood <laughs> did. No. You know, people of yeah. means certainly did. But if you think about that, that's kind of, that's, that's steep. And, but you still had a generation that was used to rationing and making sacrifices. Right. And, and, and had that mentality. That well, if it's for the good of the country, the then I'm willing good, to take right? one. Yeah. If I'm willing to, I'm willing to take one for the team, you know, if it's going to help the greater good. Because that's because, because that was easier. That was a message <laughs> and propaganda was much more easier to get out. And when it was much right. more easier to control people back then, now it's not right. Because, the internet, you now have many different avenues to communicate. And because of that, you humans naturally will try to, to sort things out the best way they can. Some of them have a sense of justice. Some of them, quite frankly, don't. But those that do have an avenue to get it out, right? And that is what has caused 
this great awakening. Whether you like it or not, people have achieved a myriad of viewpoints because information is now more accessible than it ever has been before. Right. So that brings us back to now, right? So present day, we are in a situation not like FDR, not like Lyndon Johnson, not like Clinton after um, uh, the recession post um, Iraq War One. You have a very unique situation, something that the um, the world has never really dealt with, and that is everybody is just drowning in debt, and um, they have no other way out. But but to cut or print more money, right? That seems to be the way everybody thinks. Now, I don't think that that's going to be a viable solution because any way you cut it, with as much of a tinderbox as many societies are in the Western world, um, you're going to have large-scale civil unrest. Right. You just can't avoid it. You just can't because people are already stressed out. They're already stretched beyond their means. Th there were lines, I want to say two days long, three days long in Poland for coal to heat their house, right? People are camping out on the road for coal. This is stuff that like uh, 20 years ago, go get coal. What's the deal? Not a problem. Now with all this uh, 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 baloney carbon crap, ESG, right? Um, all of this stuff, it's it's crazy. We'll get into ESG a little bit more too, but I mean, it, it's insane. And and then we're causing these that, mass shortages. Right, we're shooting ourselves in the foot, Scotty. And and to your point, you know uh, about the whole debt situation right you know how many people do you think throughout the pandemic have had to go into debt you know uh because of lockdowns and because of the fact that they couldn't work and 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 whatnot and they're just like hey you know i i gotta i gotta still provide i still gotta do something so what just charge to the card you know, uh, this is the only way we can sustain ourselves uh, during all of this. So that compounds the issue as well. And, you know, it, it would, be, I wonder, you know, I wonder what the stats are, like how much of the population is like in debt as to how much of the population actually has like a nest egg and savings that they can fall back on. Uh, you know, I guarantee it, probably the majority of the population uh, is under some kind of debt. So um, to your point about, you know, the fed raising interest rates, you know, it, it may help those people that have savings, but if the, if the mass majority of the population is in debt, that's right. Then that's yeah. going to create a huge problem, you know? So, well, be, well, that's, that's the case, right? I think they said something right. along the lines of, um, anywhere from 50% to two thirds are paycheck to paycheck. There now that's, See, that's, you know, that's yeah. pretty staggering. That's pretty staggering because, right. you know, 
if you or your loved ones go out and about or do their thing or interface with your friends or relatives, you don't get that. You don't get that feeling, right? You don't get that. I, I, I don't get that. We'll put it that way with the people I interface with. However, I will say that the reality of the situation is much, much uh, more critical than I would say um, people are letting on to believe. And you can tell by other ways, right? The the right. stress level, the stress level of people is just through the roof. Um, you can see it by the amount of crime that's happening, especially in your population centers. It's exploding. And that's not just a direct fact of, you know, zero cash bail or anything like that. No, that is, does that help? Of course it doesn't help, but it is not an indicator of why the crime is happening in the first place. And the reason why and there's the crime a lot of people out the there place is because people are struggling. That's why. Right. And, 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 you know, and there's a lot of people out there, you know, you, you would just look on, look at them on the outside and you're like, Oh, they look like they're doing just fine. You know? And, you know, a lot of these people have had to go into debt in order to maintain that quality of life that they're used to. Right. In, in order to Absolutely. maintain, uh, you know, maintain all that. So, um, yeah, you know, even, even people that you wouldn't think would be in debt or be struggling, they actually are. So, um, yeah, it's, a it, it's definitely, like you said, it's a, it's a totally yep. different, totally different ball game right now than what we were dealing with in the, in the early eighties. Absolutely. And, and that's why you can't compare the two. That's why it's foolish to right. try and compare the two. That's why when people make um, uh, references to Volcker and what he did, he did what he had to do in the spur of the moment based on the, you know, the, the, the metrics that he had to deal with. But the fact is that we don't live in that time and things are different. And you can hear many people saying the same thing time after time, which is, this ain't 1980s and we're not in the same area. So I want to, I want to keep on, uh, this article has a lot of good stuff in it. And it, again, it helps you, it helps you realize the gravity of the situation we're in more so, right. but that the fact that no matter who you vote for, it's not going to matter anyway, because the genie's out of the bottle for lack of a better term. Now, it says, dramatically hiking the interest rates at the beginning of a major economic downturn is literally suicidal. Absolutely. It runs counterproductive to what you'd want to do in a downturn. Uh, in a downturn, you want to lower the interest rates and you want to make things as liquid as humanly possible. In, in an industrial or a uh, production standpoint, right, you're looking at when things slow down, you want to capitalize on that time by doing things with capital projects. And when I say capital projects, I mean things that where you're buying equipment with debt and amateurizing that over 10 years, 15 years, right? And this is typically where companies will go and advance technology. You know, though they may buy a, a an autonomous uh, bottle wrapper, right? Or something like that. Yeah, just giving right. you an example. But there's many ways. A five-axis grinder, you know? Who knows what it is? 
But typically, that's when companies take that time to retool and to reimagine the way that they're doing things so that when the economy picks back up, they're ready and they can respond. Now, the problem right. is that that's not able to happen this time. See, there's a there's an issue with um, this downturn, because this downturn, you're not seeing that. The Fed isn't going and saying, okay, guys, this downturn, we're going to lower interest rates. We're going to really invigorate things. Why? Because things got too hot too fast, and they didn't respond to it. All that money printing during the uh, pandemic caused a lot of problems. That was an excuse. That's the other thing you have to understand is that the things that they're telling you is not the reason why things are collapsing. It wasn't the pandemic. It wasn't printing all the money, although, yes, it, it was printing all the money, but $31 trillion. Think, right? Things were already, things were already, they were already in, in motion. Right. They needed right. a scapegoat. They needed a scapegoat, mm -hmm. and they got one. They got one with the pandemic. The pandemic, by the way, that you could argue was engineered, perhaps, much like many of these um, economic events that we see are often engineered, much like right. many of these um, events that happen, um, uh, wars, um, these singular events that happen to, you know, two buildings falling into the yeah. same footprint, uh, you know, right. that kind of thing, defying the laws of physics. Those are engineered, right? So there tends to be an engineered factor to it, and they tend to need a scapegoat. One that covers the tracks of the, um, let's just say, dubious uh, behavior that's been going on for a while. So that's where we're at. We're at that point. However, what's the solution? Well, the World Economic Forum has already told us what the solution is, my friends. And it's the same solution that they've been looking for since 1774, which is a one world currency, a one world government. Let's everybody sing Kumbaya together. And um, and and we're going to get along and we're going to love each other and uh, everything's going to be OK. Oh, by the way, though, by the way, though, 95 percent of you. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to make it because um, <laughs> the earth's overpopulated, you see, and it's not going to make it with you. So um, there's going to have to be something. Now, we don't know what that is. We can't tell you, but there's going to be something where 80 to 95% of the world's population. Now, what could that be? Uh, who knows? Now, who I, will, knows? I will say this. I will say this. In all honesty, every time something has happened, and you and I have been doing this for a long time, uh, every time it's happened, it's been something that we totally weren't looking for. Every right. single freaking right. time. Right? So <laughs> if they say Putin, right? Don't look, don't look there. That's the that's the squirrel. Look at squirrel, right? That's Putin. Putin's a squirrel. 
what is going on and where is it going to come from? That's going to be the question, you know? And, and by the way, don't think North Korea either. I mean, funny, ha ha ha, but uh, not going to happen. Nor China. China has too much to lose, you know? Now, right. Is it, it could it could be something completely out of left field, like Venezuela or something like that. You know, I mean, right. Yeah. Or, you know, or yeah, it's just don't even try to, to guess or argue. there's no yeah, purpose in it. It's natural, no natural disaster. Uh, you know, any there's there's a whole wide the array of, thing of you things. Can do, the only thing you can do. Is just if you if you don't have faith. And you don't think that you're you're taken care of in that regard, right? Then prepare. But what are you preparing for? That's the next question, right? Oh, I can prepare for societal collapse. Well, that's all well and good until, like Joe Fox says uh, in the chat room, well, you know, I can only pray for an asteroid. Well, then the asteroid shows up, <laughs> right? So right. how are you going to prepare for an asteroid? You're really not going to prepare for an asteroid. How are you going to prepare for a pole flip? Well, you're not going to really prepare for a full pole flip. You just, it's just a pole flip. You just do. You just hope and pray that, hey, look, I'm I'm here. Because what do you trust? Do you trust a map that some conspiracy theorist came up with in the 1970s to say, oh, you're going to be safe here in the Ozarks? Yeah, a lot of people took that and took that to heart, and they built their their bunkers and and their their hideaways and their getaways up in the Ozarks. But there's no way of knowing. You don't know. You'll never know. You'll never know, right? So, what do you do? What do you do? The fa- you you live each day. It, let me just say this, and I think I think it's it's the most important thing. If there's anything you ever learned from this. Um, this broadcast with Scotty and I, I'm going to tell you straight up, live each day to the fullest. Like you're not going to get tomorrow every day because you never know what tomorrow is going to bring. And, um, at this point, who the hell knows things are, there's so many things in play. There's convergences that are happening that nobody, nobody have seen before. We're right. in uncharted territory. Yeah. Right? So many crazy things have happened that like, I would have had no clue, you know, <laughs> it, it was totally not on my bingo card. Right. And, and that's the, that's the crazy thing is, um, yeah. Who knew that this country would ever, ever. I thought after Woodrow Wilson had a stroke in the white house, and Edith Galt ran the presidency for about two and a half years. You know, I never thought we would see uh, a knowingly senile person be elected to the highest office in the land. It just goes to show you that, right. that if there is one example that one person does not control, one person, it is the control freaks behind the scene that, that, that do that. What a, what a stunning example. That, that the that uh, the quote unquote that, right? the yeah that the quote unquote leader of the free world would be so compromised and and um uh just you know inept and unable to 
do anything. And that's the is, other thing. Look was, at Bim Jim. Right. Look at Bim Jim here. Be a grown up. That's right. Do a little package right. check, men. Right. Package check. Oh, we still got cojones. Mm-hmm. All right. It's a it's a good right. day, right? It's a good day. So so that's that's it, man. Be thankful for what you have. Because it can always be worse, rest assured. Believe me, it could always be worse. There's very few scenarios where it can't be. They exist. But oftentimes, it can be worse. So thank right. you for everything that you got. Because it can always be worse. And thank you for today. Like today was a hey, sunny Massachusetts, 75 degrees. It's November 5th. Hey, it was a great day. Wonderful day. Hey, you know, thank you for that. Remember, remember the, remember, remember the 5th of November. Oh man, not that. Oh, Oh, (laughs) I forgot all about that. I couldn't even, what you said. I'm like, ah, no. So yeah, that's a, that's, that's huge. But think about that. And honestly, folks recalibrate like that and make the most out of each day, make the most out of each day. Cause nothing really, what are you going to do? There's only so many places you can go in the mountains before the mountains get crowded. And then you're going to run into the same issue in the mountains, right? So you have to understand that it's a very dynamic, it's a very fluid situation, and things can change on a, on a dime. You can have everything in the world and then die of a heart attack the next day. You don't know. Now more than ever, right? Now, Joe, you're crazy. I mean, come on. This is this is the United States. It's a first world country. That doesn't happen anymore. Look, people can't afford health coverage, health care anymore. We're seeing a plummeting uh, life expectancy. You're seeing more people die um, just for common ailments or um, just instantly. Why is that happening? What what could be going on? You know, many things that have that have changed in the last few years that people haven't been told, um, you know, the truth on perhaps. But certainly things have happened to where times are a changing, and the fact that you might live tomorrow isn't set in stone anymore. So just I wonder how many. I wonder how many people back in the day were like, Hey, we're the Roman empire. We've been around for a thousand years. Nothing's going to happen to us. You know what I mean? We're the, we're the biggest empire in the world. It's impossible for us. Right. You could, right. Well, you could, you could make that, you could make that similar uh, argument with the whole human race. Right. 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 Because if you think about it, people have been sold a bill of goods. And that bill of goods is, well, uh, things have been great here on planet Earth for millions of years and, and things like that. And blah, blah, blah. No, you don't understand. <laughs> it is a very short period of time where we have had stability like this. If, if you think the current iteration of humanity is about five to 6,000 years old or so, right? Let's just say five to 10. Let's just take it a step further. Let's just say five to 10,000 years old, right? Still, 10,000 years old compared to millions of years, that is a huge disparity that you're talking about. 
right? It, it's, it's a it's, blink it's, of it's the a, eye. Yeah, a, 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 a minuscule, microscopic notch in the grand scheme of the history of this planet. You know, very, so it, very, very much so. And there have right. been different iterations of mankind. There have been societies that have come and gone that have been washed away in a in the blink of an eye. And the same thing's going to happen again. And it's going to happen again very soon. And when that happens, there's no amount of generators, no amount of canned goods or freeze-dried food or anything else that's going to save you. It is just going to be faith. That's the only thing that's going to save you at that point. Because what else do you got? Nothing. So right. that's the things to focus on and hold on to, which is thank you for today. I got through it. I hope tomorrow's a new day and that everything's good. And if you can get through that day and get into the next, you're, you're ahead of the game as far as I'm concerned in these days, because anything from any direction at this point is a threat. And we've exposed ourselves. We've made ourselves vulnerable by letting these control freaks run the show for so long. There's nothing more we can do. I think that they've right. looted us to the point where we are, there's nothing left. And now they're just going to let it, they're going to let it correct itself. And that's going to mean, I think, a lot of people are going to um, not be so happy. We'll just right. put it that way in a very, very, very um, generic sense. And by correct itself, uh, you mean uh, a reset of some kind? A, a Perhaps great, a great reset? A, a great reset of some sort? Oh, Because the World yeah. Economic Forum hasn't said that enough ad nauseum. <laughs> so when the, right. control free, when the control freaks tell you what they're going to do, uh, you tend to listen, right? Because that's what they're going to do. Now, next hour, we're going to talk about Twitter. We're going to talk about Joy Reid. And uh, we'll talk about some stillbirths that are happening. Oh. An egregious increase of stillbirths. Why are those happening? All when we get mm. back. So don't go away. Much more to come here on the Freedom Link, KGRADB.com. We'll be right back. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.
Hey members, the new KGRA DB app is now available on iOS and Android devices. Gain on-demand access to any KGRA DB programming. Download any show directly to your mobile device to listen or watch on the go. Go to the App Store and search KGRA DB. Are you looking to go on a faraway journey that is magical and mysterious, reaping on mystical legends? If so, then Mysterious Adventure Tours is perfect for you. Imagine a voyage to explore ancient mysteries of Ireland, haunted majesties of Scotland, or their chilling, birth of the vampires in Romania. These small, esoteric getaways are limited and do fill fast. So, go to MysteriousAdventureTours.com and book your trip soon. It's not just a donation. It's a warm blanket. It's a bottle of clean water. It's a roof and a bed. It's knowing someone cares. It's feeling safe. You said today that's better than yesterday. Every dollar you can spare helps so much more than you can imagine. Please donate now to help people affected by Hurricane Ian. Your support is urgently needed. You're listening to the KGRA Digital Broadcasting Network. We provide unparalleled coverage of trending news in the world of ufology, cryptozoology, and paranormal phenomenon. Whether you're watching our video live stream or listening to one of our audio programs, you are getting the best from world-renowned researchers and hosts guiding you through topics the mainstream won't touch. Miss one of your favorite programs? No problem. Head over to the members area at kgradb.com for access to our massive library of award-winning content. Make contact, stay connected, only at kgradb.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Freedom Link right here on KGRADB.com and uh, waiting for Joe to get back. He's having a little bit of connection issues, but we will get back into uh, some of the topics here that we were talking about and uh, yeah, let's uh, (laughs) talk about Twitter and uh, Elon's... you know, Elon has made quite a splash and has ruffled quite a bit of feathers ever since he uh, uh, took control of the. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you What do you think about all of this, Joe? I think it's uh, great. The, the, I think it's wonderful. The, the, I I think um, I think that uh, it's something that that needed to be done. I don't think there are anybody of means or any sort of crowdfunding campaign that could have pulled it off um, like an Elon could have. I think that Elon is genuine in his, um, in his mindset and his ability to be able to pull this off if anybody could. 
Um, I believe that anybody in this situation would have their hands full, no matter what it is or how you go about it. Managing a public square in this fashion is a difficult task in this day and age because of the wussification, if you will, of society, because people don't understand the, the ancient adage of sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. So things right. that are said uh, on a tweet shouldn't necessarily ruffle the feathers as much as sometimes they do. And, and the other thing that I think is very, very, uh, a very influential part of this is the lawyer lobby. If you think about the lawyer lobby, right? Lawsuits, uh, tort, all of that stuff has exploded in the 20th century and 21st century. Right. Pe people will sue for any reason whatsoever and what right. better way uh or what easier way for a lawyer to make money uh, than somebody oh i was i was defamed oh ah ooh, punitive damages ah ooh, you know that kind of thing i just i can't stand it you know uh, ever since the lady took the coffee from the McDonald's drive-thru that says caution hot and spilled it in her lap and sued McDonald's because she got burnt by hot coffee and won. That's a problem. I think ever since right. then it was like, whoa, whatever happened yeah, to personal fr responsibility? Frivolous, frivolous lawsuits have gotten completely out of Exploded, control. And right. Yeah. And yeah. So, so 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 any sort of so any sort of thing right that goes hand in hand with some sort of social media policy some sort of um and, and it's not just it's not just twitter let's just be clear you know it's all of them there has to be some sort of tort reform or some sort of um limitation you've got to knock the lawyers back because it's just right. out of control. You have to respect the freedom of speech. You have to respect, and, and unless somebody's civil liberties are threatened, truly threatened, then there should be absolutely nothing that happens to anybody or speech limited or anything else, even if it hurts you, even if you find it offensive, even if it might, you know, uh, ruffle your feathers a little bit, get over it, you know, get over it. But people should be able to speak their mind. And by the way, we should be able to communicate with each other in a civilized fashion. And if we can't, then we really have to, Scotty, we have to look at what's got us here. Why is the vitriol so nasty and toxic, you know, and what can we do? to tamp it down a bit what can we do to bring people together in a way where we respect each other you know because that has a lot to do with things respect but uh and, and not want to like rip each other's throats out 
What do we got to right. do? I don't know, man. It's uh, the <laughs> the point that we've reached is is it's it's surreal. Honestly, very it's, much it's so. Very, very much so. Uh, uh, you know the 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 things that people get upset about, and it, it's and how much and here's another thing like how much of it of it do you think is genuine like them being up genuinely upset or just right or or are they just using it as an excuse to just shut people down that they don't like right and and you know it's i think a lot of this has to do with what um Yuri Bezmanov, or not, not Yuri. Yeah, was it Yuri Bezmanov that G. Edward mm-hmm. Griffin, yeah, uh, interviewed? Right. He he was a ex KGB, um, you know, he was ex KGB for 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 the Soviet Union, defected yeah. to the United States, and and was explaining, you know, in his interview with G. Edward Griffin of hey. Uh, you know, this is how they're infiltrating your education system. This is how they're uh, infiltrating your colleges. This is how they're demoralizing uh, your society. It, it starts with the youth. It's going to take two to three generations for it to fully take hold and, and you're, you know, for you to see the fruits of this. And I think that that's a lot of what we're, what we're seeing is the fact that there's been this um this effort to to um mold and reshape the way the youth think in this country and this is part of all of the social justice as you know the SJW sort of woke mentality where words now have you know <laughs> the 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 policing of speech the uh uh words now have completely different definitions than what they used to have um and it's all part of this and i see you've got it pulled up there so i mean if you want to play a little bit of that i think it's very important know, because i don't well i don't know if i can if i can play it over the um uh with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't know if I'm set up for that, but uh, oh, I well, if, if you want to send it to me, if you want to send it to me, I can. Uh, I can do that because I, I think it's important that people understand and hear um, what he has to say because it's pretty relevant. The things that that and 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 mind you, by the way, there is no. Um, it's not a, uh, Russians are doing this. The United States are doing this. This transcends borders, nationalities. It transcends all of that. I sent it to you in the private chat there, Scotty. Okay. And, and, and you got to remember that the playbook that they're, that 
Yuri Bezmenov is talking about, you know, he's framing it in the context of what the Soviet Union does. But you got to remember, the Soviet Union and Marxism is all based off of, uh, you know, that 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 little character we like to talk about back in 1776 named Adam Weissop and Mr. Rothschild himself, you know. Right, right, right. So, uh, you know, the, 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 the planks of the communist manifesto just very conveniently align with, uh, the, the with planks the, and the, with and the all of that of, of Adam the new world order, right. And with the plans of the new world order. So, you know, we, we, it's easy to just point and go, Oh, those pesky Ruskies, those, those dirty commies. But this is something it's that is all propaganda. It, it transcends that. And it's something that's beyond that. So I'm going to uh, see if I can pull this up here and uh, play it. Uh, but it's very, very, very interesting, uh, no doubt. Give me a well, second you spoke here. Several okay, times here we go. Before about ideological subversion. That is a phrase that uh, I'm afraid some Americans don't fully understand. When uh, the Soviets use the phrase ideological subversion, what do they mean by it? Ideological subversion is, is the process which is legitimate, overt, and open. You, you can see it with your own eyes. All, all you have to do, all American mass media has to do is to unplug their bananas from their ears, open up their eyes, and they can see it. There is no mystery. There is nothing to do with espionage. I know that espionage intelligence gathering looks more romantic. It sells more deodorants through the advertising, probably. That's why your Hollywood producers are so crazy about James Bond type of, of thrillers. But in reality, the main emphasis of the KGB is not in the area of intelligence at all. According to my uh, opinion and opinion of many defectors of my caliber, only about 15% of time, money, and manpower is spent on espionage as such. The other 85% is a slow process which we call either ideological subversion or active measures, activne meropriatia in the language of, of the KGB, or psychological warfare. What it basically means is to change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interests of defending themselves, their families, their community, and their country. It's a great brainwashing uh, process, which goes very slow, and it's divided in, in four basic stages. Uh, the first one being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. Why that many years? Because this is the minimum number of years which requires to uh, educate one generation of students in the country of, of, of your enemy, exposed to the ideology of the enemy. In other words, Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of Americanism, American patriotism. The result, the result you can see, most of the people who graduated in the 60s, dropouts or half-baked intellectuals, are now occupying the positions of power in the government, civil service, business, mass media, educational system. You are stuck with them. You cannot get rid of them. 
they are contaminated, they are programmed to think and react to certain stimuli in a certain pattern. You cannot change their mind, even if you, if you expose them to authentic information, even if you prove that white is white and black is, uh, is black, you still cannot change the basic perception and the logic of behavior. In other words, these people, uh, uh, the process of demoralization is complete and irreversible. To get rid society of these people, you, have, you need another 20 or, or, or 15 years to educate a new generation of patriotically minded and, and, and uh, common, common sense people who would be acting in favor and in the interests of, of the uh, of, uh, United States society. And yet these people who've been programmed and, as you say, in place and yes. who are favorable to an opening with the Soviet concept, mm -hmm. these are the very people who would be marked for extermination in this country? Most of them, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, simply because the psychological shock when, when they will see in future what the, what the beautiful society of equality and social justice means in practice, obviously they will revolt. They, 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 will, uh, they, they will be very unhappy, frustrated people. And the Marxist-Leninist regime does not tolerate these people. Uh, they, obviously, they will join the links of dissenters, mm -hmm. dissidents. Yes. Uh, unlike in present United States, there will be no place for dissent in, in future Marxist-Leninist America. Uh, here you can, you can get uh, popular like uh, Daniel Ellsberg and filthy rich like Jane Fonda for being dissident, for criticizing your Pentagon. In future, these people will be simply squashed like cockroaches. Nobody is going to pay them nothing for their beautiful, noble ideas of equality. This they don't understand, and uh, it will be greatest shock for them, of course. The demoralization process in the United States is basically completed already. Uh, for the last 25 years, actually it's overfulfilled, because uh, demoralization now reaches such areas where previously not even Comrade Andropov and, and all his experts would, would even dream of such a tremendous success. Most of it is done by Americans to Americans, thanks to lack of moral standards. As I mentioned before, uh, exposure to true information does not matter anymore. A person who was demoralized is unable to assess true information. The facts tell nothing to him. Uh, even if I shower him with information, with, with authentic proof, with documents, with pictures, even if I take him by force to the Soviet Union and show him concentration camp, he will refuse to believe it until he, he is going to receive a kick in, the, in his fat bottom. When a military boot crashes his then he will understand, but not before that. That's the tragic of the situation of demoralization. So basically America is stuck. With, with demoralization and unless even if, if you start right now here this minute you start educating new generation of American it will still take you 15 to 20 years to turn the tide of, uh, of ideological perception of reality uh, back to normal no, normalcy and, and uh, patriotism the next stage is destabilization this time, subverter does not care about your ideas and the patterns of your consumption. Whether you eat junk food and get fat and flabby, it doesn't matter anymore. This time, and it takes only from two to five years to destabilize a nation, uh, it's, what, what matters is essentials. Economy, foreign relations, defense systems. 
Uh, and you can see it quite clearly that in some areas, uh, in such sensitive areas as, as uh, defense and economy, uh, the uh, influence of Marxist-Leninist ideas in the United States is absolutely fantastic. I, I could never believe it 14 years ago when I landed uh, in this part of the world that the process will go that fast. Uh, the next stage, of course, is crisis. It, it, it may take only up to six weeks to, to bring a country to the verge of crisis. You can see it in, in Central America now. And after crisis, with a violent change of, of power, structure, and economy, you have so-called the period of normalization. It may last indefinitely. Normalization is a cynical expression borrowed from Soviet propaganda. When the Soviet tanks moved into Czechoslovakia in 68, Comrade Brezhnev said, now the situation in brotherly Czechoslovakia is normalized. This is what will happen in the United States if you allow all these schmucks to bring the country to crisis, to promise people all kinds of goodies and the paradise on earth, uh, to, to destabilize your uh, economy, to eliminate the principle of free market competition, and to put a big brother government in Washington, D.C., with the benevolent dictators like Walter Mondale, who will promise lots of things, never mind whether the promises are fulfillable or not. He will go to Moscow to kiss the bottoms of, of new generation of Soviet assassins, never mind. He will create false illusions that the uh, situation is under control. Situation is not under control. Situation is disgustingly out of control. Most of the American politicians, media and educational system trains another generation of people who think they are living at a peacetime. False. The United States is in the state of war, undeclared total war against the basic principles and the foundations of, of this system. And, and the initiator of this war is not Comrade Andropov, of course. Uh, it's, it's the system However ridiculous it may sound, the world communist system or the world communist conspiracy, whether I scare some people or not, I don't give a hoot. Uh, if, if you are not scared by now, nothing can scare you. But you don't have to be paranoid about it. What, what actually happens now, that unlike myself, you have literally several years to live on unless the United States wake up. The, the time bomb is ticking with every second. The disaster is coming closer and closer. Unlike myself, you will have nowhere to defect to. Unless you want to live in Antarctica with penguins. This is it. This is the last country of freedom and, and possibility. Okay, so what do we do? What is your recommendation to the American people? Well, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the immediate thing that comes to my mind is, of course, there must be a very strong national effort to educate people in, in, in the spirit of real patriotism, number one. Number two, to, to explain them the real danger of socialist, communist, whatever, welfare state, big brother government. If people will fail to grasp the impending danger of that development, nothing ever can help the United States. You may kiss goodbye to your freedom, including freedoms to, to homosexuals, to uh, prison inmates, all this freedom will vanish, evaporate in, in five seconds, including your precious lives. Um, the second thing, I, the moment at least part of the United States population is convinced that the danger is real, they have to force 
their government. And I'm not talking about sending letters, signing petitions, and all this beautiful, noble activity. I'm talking about forcing United States government to stop aiding communism. Because there is no other problem more burning and, and urgent than to stop the Soviet military-industrial complex from destroying what is, whatever is left of the free world. And it is very easy to do. No credits, no technology, no money, no political or diplomatic recognition, and of course no such idiocy as grain deals to USSR. The Soviet people, 270 millions of, of Soviets, will be eternally thankful to you if you stop aiding a bunch of murderers who sit now in Kremlin and whom President Reagan respectfully calls government. They do not govern anything, least of all such complexity as the Soviet economy. So basic, two, two very simple, maybe two simplistic answers or solutions, but never, nevertheless they are the only solutions. Educate yourself, understand what's going on around you. You are not living at the time of peace. You are in a state of war. And you have precious little time to save yourself. Um, you don't have much time, especially if you are talking about young generation. There's not much time left for convulsions uh, to the beautiful uh, disco music. Very soon it will go, just, just overnight. If we are talking about capitalists or, or, or wealthy businessmen, they, I think they are selling the rope on which they will hang very soon. If they don't stop, if they cannot curb their unsettled desire for profit, and if they keep on trading with the monster of the Soviet communism, they are going to hang very soon. And it, they will pray to be killed, but unfortunately they will be sent to Alaska probably to manage industry of slaves. It's, it's simplistic. I know it sounds unpleasant. I know Americans don't like to listen to things which are unpleasant. But I have defected not to tell you the stories about such idiocies as microfilm, James Bond type, espionage. This is garbage. Uh, you don't need any espionage anymore. I have come to talk about survival. It's a question of survival of this system. And you may ask me, what is it in for me? Survival, obviously, because unlike, I, as I said, I am now in your boat. If, if we sing together, we'll sing beautifully together. There is no other place on this planet to defect to. And, and funny enough, <laughs> and, or not funny enough, Scotty, and, and thanks, guys, because I, I hope you know, that was 13 minutes of just... Um, holy moly like crush your head in um that was 1980s early 1980s that, that, that did that think about yeah, that yeah, now that, in in context of what we're going through today think about what he said right we've lived the, it right the 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 more oops hold on uh i heard all right am i coming through Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I thought my stuff was, was muted. Um, the more I listen to that, because I've heard that interview years and years ago, and it just seems like oh, every yeah. year, every time, every, it's more and more relevant, every more and more relevant, more and more relevant. Yes. Because we're slipping the situation, right? Because we're slipping more and more into what he was warning about. So, 
uh, like you said, by the second, you know, by the tick, it what he's saying is becoming more relevant because it's it's come to fruition. It's it's pretty much here. And when he was discussing, um, you know how you can take these people, you can show them the truth and, and, and show them facts and they won't believe it. This goes back to what we were discussing about social media, That's about right. the way or, disc or even, even mainstream media, Scotty, social right, media, right. mainstream media. First of all, it's all censored, right? You know, this, we know this, we've lived it for a very long time because I remember when YouTube was the wild west, right? And people, right. You, when you had friends lists and subscribers, it went to everybody. It wasn't selected. There was no algorithm. It just did. It worked. Right. And then that, that was bad because things got out of hand. People started to learn too much, too fast. Just like Yuri said. That's not what they're all about. They want to tamp that down, and they're going to tamp it down any way they can. Charlotte Iserby wrote a great book, God Rest Your Soul, The Deliberate Dumbing Down of America. Back in the, I think, late 80s, early 90s, she was uh, right. Assistant Secretary of Education under President Reagan. And, and she saw it herself firsthand to the point where she had to write a book about it. She's like, oh, this is terrible. This is terrible. Now, I, I just want to give you a statistic, right? So OECD is a UN organization, organization of economic uh, development, blah, blah, blah. I, I can't remember. I'm not going to look it up. But anyway, right. they do this um, um, evaluation of where countries rank when it comes to education in certain subject areas, right? Right. And and so so just consider this, right? In 1953, 1953, so 1953 comes around and the Department of Education is formed in the United States. Now, at that time, the United States was by far and away number one in math, number one in reading, um, writing, comprehension, all that stuff, right? And number one in science. So all of it, science, math, reading, comprehension, writing, number one. So 2015, there was a, one after this, it got worse. I don't, and the reason why I don't, I, I kind of don't like to articulate the latest statistic is because they're skewed in relation to pandemic and the shuttering of schools. Mm, now, right. for whatever they're worth, they do do something, right? They do provide purpose for uh, the children in somewhat limited fashion, and that does have some benefit, whether it be they learn uh, I mean, they have you literacy, know, the, basic math, the basics or whatever, right? And, and just and just basic social interaction with other and, children. And, right. is, so so they get so they get that. So, it's not as right. it's not as good as it used to be, but right. they they get it, and there was certainly a um, it was noticeable in the numbers what happened for that two years that schools, for the most part, in major metropolitan areas shuttered. So, mm -hmm. so in 2015, uh, we were 26th, 26th in the world in writing and reading comprehension, 35th in the world in science 
32nd in the world in math. We, since the U.S., the federal government took over, we have plummeted uh, on the world stage in regards to education. And it's been documented by the control freaks. You know, you could put, let's let's all put our, our uh, stellar uh, super conductive tinfoil hats on for a minute to, <laughs> if you think about it, uh, you know, your trilaterals, your Bilderbergers, all of those people have talked about it. Um, now, if you want to just be a historian, let's just be armchair historians for a second, and we'll go back into the congressional archives and we'll read a copy of the Dodd Report which was part of the Reese committee that looked into the endowments and how the endowments, the Ford Foundation, Guggenheims, the Rockefellers, you know, uh, the DuPonts, how they were trying like crazy and were successful in infiltrating the, the education system and writing curriculum so that people were smart enough to run the machines, but too dumb to question authority. That's what they right. wanted. And that's what they got. Yeah. So the, what the, the schools, it became Pavlovian training, right? Oh, look, right. the bell rings. The bell rings. Go you react. Here. You rush. You go here. Uh, the bell rings. You go there. Uh, it's right. lunchtime, which matches up with lunchtime at, oh, dad's job. Uh, dad right. has now, lunch at the same time, right? Now so. there's benefit to that. There's benefit to that in that you learn regimen, you learn routine, you learn habit. Yes. You learn the basics. Uh -huh. When I say the basics, I mean, you learn the basics, but you also learn, you also learn those little nuggets in between, the ones that they want you to take with you as you go on your journey. And that's, that's what Yuri was talking about. That's exactly. what we see in the curriculum. And that's why there's a natural uprising of parents in the country who have now, because of this awareness, are starting to kind of push, they're pushing back because, holy crap, I can't believe it. We were. Yeah. And if there's, if there's, uh, you know, one good thing that came out of the pandemic, it's the fact that you had parents that were sitting there watching what their student, you know, what their child was learning in school, you know, the, the, uh, the indoctrination that was taking place that they really had no idea was occurring. Right. What they could now see it. Oh, you might have to switch your audio back to your microphone, Joe, just letting you know. Um, but they were able to witness what their children were being indoctrinated with. And it was a shock to the system. They had no idea that this is what their child was learning in school. So, um, you know, that, uh, you know, the pandemic shed a light on that. And now we're seeing, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> all these parents are like, whoa, 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 whoa. What, what are you teaching my kid? What, what, what's going on in the class? What they're not learning about reading, writing, math, and arithmetic. They're, they're now learning about 
you know, uh, are they, you know, are they really a boy or a girl? And, and are they're being exposed to all this, uh, you know, crap? Uh, it's, uh, yeah. So I think that, uh, you know, it's very interesting, very interesting. So, Uh-oh. Are we, are... I think uh, Joe's having some technical difficulties here, but but yeah, and this does, it goes back to um, what Yuri Bezmanov was saying, you know. Uh, you know, he was speaking about it in the context of socialist and Marxist um, infiltration into into our system but really, you know, it, it's more of a, a globalist new world order sort of infiltration into our system. And, you know, it just happens to be that socialism and communism, you know, really are lockstep in line uh, with that agenda. And so, you know, now we look at this current generation who is offended by everything and, uh, you can't you can't really reason with them because they just freak out they 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 get triggered right and uh and they can't, <laughs> they they just want to shut people down even if you tell them the truth you know if if you say hey there's two genders which is truth that is a fact. There are only two genders, you know, they refuse to believe it. They, they will fight tooth and nail and scream and yell and, and demand that you be canceled and all of that. Even if you present the truth in their face, it, um, uh, <laughs> I'm Okay, so there hey, was he's back. thing that happened and stuff, and I got into this black hole, and then it dumped me in Delta Quadrant, and I couldn't find my way back for a while. But I'm back. hey, it's 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 okay, man. It's all right. But no, I was just explaining to the audience. You know, I meant you know, Yuri Bezmenov was was talking about that in the context of Marxism and socialism. Uh, but you know, we all know that that's really just in line with the broader globalist, we are, uh, right? We're, we're yeah, there. The, the, we're there. The basics yeah, and the foundation is already there. Right. And, and what was also, time, like you said, and what was also interesting, you know, that when he was talking about is, uh, the United States support for these, uh, ideologies, right? When, when he was like, the, he's like, the U.S. needs to stop supporting and sending any sort of support to the Soviet Union, right? Which we all know Soviet Union collapsed and whatnot. But now we just, we swap out the Soviet Union with China, right? Look at how much we support China. We, 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 <laughs> we, we send our companies over there, you know, well, all of our technology companies go over to China. Uh, all of, all of our uh, uh, China produces all of our goods, but, you know, but and see, this is the problem that you have now, right? Is the, the third world, the ones that have industrialized in the second world, if you will, 
I wouldn't even consider China that because it's kind of a conglomerate of all three. They have all three worlds lumped in. They are the classic, classic um, communist um, right. setup, right, if you will, because you have the the huge population centers and you have a lot of wealth in there, but it's really concentrated. And then you have the 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 state workers. Now they've done just like what uh, Stalin did back uh, in the 1940s and 50s, uh, even when he first came into power, he gave dabbles of that Western capitalism just enough to goose the economy right. so that people had things they, they just never had before. It was like, you know, manna from heaven, that kind of stuff, right. you know? He he they 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 infuse elements of Western capitalism, but but only just so much, just enough to keep the econ their economy going. They're trying to find that perfect balance because look at look at what they're doing here. What they're doing here is no different. Only they've done it backwards to what Stalin right. did. So Stalin came from the reverse. He came from heavy on the communist. It's for the state. Everything's for the state. And then uh, he trickled in a little bit of that. We started with total freedom. And then over time, we started boiling frogs and started incorporating these facets of communism into our society. Until now, you've got it totally baked in, you know, only the, 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 Mm -hmm. the only difference, the only difference you have now, though, is you've got so many people hooked on it. And the system is not. It's we are at the end. There's no more that you cannot print money at the same time. You're raising interest rates. They, they, it's counterintuitive. It's it's like defies the laws of physics, that kind of thing. And, right? and, and now since we've decided to lock lock ourselves at the hip with China, as far as economically, look at how much We're influence China. Yeah, look at how much influence China now has on us as far as our at, media. Because at the end of the day, the, right? At the end of the day, think about this. At the end of the day, think about this. It's pawns on a chessboard, right? But some pawns are more strategically located or are strategically in a place that they can exact damage or even do a kill shot on uh, their opponent. Just, just out of the position they're in, right? So it doesn't even matter that you know um, it may be a bishop to the queen. If you want to look at maybe China to the United States, but but China's got us right in their sights, you know. And it may be checkmate. Who knows? It doesn't. It doesn't matter. The fact is, we don't have the flexibility under the current. Uh, and there's a caveat here. But I'm going to go under the current setup and system. We've run the gambit. And the only thing they have left is the retirement funding in Wall Street. That could bail us out. You know, you could take people's 401ks and give them treasuries. Look, Hmm. people aren't buying treasuries. People aren't buying treasuries. The Federal Reserve can't monetize it. But the $30 trillion in 401ks, uh, that can monetize it. So here's what we're going to do, right? We, the United States, and the full faith and credit of the United States will 
will go into anybody that is 45, no, let's say 50 years of age and below. Anything you have here in your 401k, you're going to get treasuries, 10-year. And we're going to give you 4% interest a year. And you're not going to lose anything. It's as stable as the United States and backed by the full faith and credit. No, oh, And we're, sure, we're going to give you 4% a year. And you know what? It could get so bad, so bad, that people would willingly accept that than take the staggering losses that they're seeing right now to their 401k. So now you have a scenario where, oh, well, I could take a stable 4% a year on this money, stop the bleeding, only, you know, it's it's kind of a low-risk thing, or so they think, mm-hmm. you know? Right. But that, And then the government's bailed out. Now all of a sudden, hey, I can go and pay this stuff, get it out, you know? I can I can satisfy the debt, but only for so long. That's only a Band-Aid. That's the problem. As long as the system remains intact, it's a black hole. It's just going to suck everything in until finally there's nothing left. That's what they hit with this um, and why inflation started coming around, because they couldn't pivot from China fast enough to other third world nations to make cheap trinkets and things and stuff that we consume. They couldn't pivot fast enough. China had gained so much control of the market so fast. And we were so debt laden. And that's not just the government, but I'm talking about corporate America. It's just an unbelievable amount of debt. And, you know, you talk about derivatives and uh, credit default swaps. Those are debt instruments that don't have to be on the books. They figured out a way around it. Right. They said, "Okay, well, ah, we're all tapped out. What do we do now? Oh, yeah. Derivatives. Woo. These debt instruments are a workaround. To the tune of two I mean, and a half. Think about it. To almost three quadrillion dollars. Think about that. I mean, you think about how how terrible of a of a position we ended up being put in. You know, when, when Nixon opened up that whole thing with China back in the day, and 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 you know, put remember us in too, that position. Remember too, Nixon was pivotal in beginning what. He's the one that started healthcare going down the road of profitability and HMOs. It was him and um, uh, Kaiser Permanente that started the whole HMO structure that then led to uh, for-profit hospitals and uh, that led to the pharmacy revolution. And then big pharma, Nixon was a, um, he did a lot of things that set us on that path. Right. He, he, he really, really, uh, made a lot of moves that have put us in, <laughs> in the position that we are today. I mean, but only to kick the can down the road. You have to understand, right? Because right, at right, that, at that right. time he had a civil, not only was he dealing with the Vietnam war, but he had civil rights crisis uh, going on mm-hmm. and look at, he had two distinct enemies. And this was, this was something that I learned um, when I started looking into um, marijuana legalization. 
on a federal level, right? And right. Um, I was getting ready for uh, an interview. I can't remember. It was a, a gent from uh, the 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 organization Normal. And so mm. I was looking into the into that, and that's where I found out about the Nixon tapes, um, and how Nixon, being who he was, and at that point in his life was pretty uh, paranoid, he wanted to make sure he had dirt on everybody. He taped everything, right? Really? Uh, obviously to a fault um, and to mm -hmm. his own demise, but. <laughs> It's an amazing thing to go back in the archives and listen to all this stuff. So my research was centered around um, the work of governor of Pennsylvania, um, William Schaefer. Now, Schaefer was tasked by Nixon, it's called the Schaefer Commission, to do the biggest, deepest, in-depth study on marijuana. Now, he had two distinct enemies. Uh, Richard Nixon, African-Americans and hippies. They were his bane. And he did whatever he could do to hit him where it hurts. With African-Americans, it was pumping heroin into the ghettos, into uh, the neighborhoods. Uh, and what happens? You get them all drug addicted. They are all they're all. Uh, dealing drugs, you explode the prison population and you target them, which is exactly what happened. I mean, that's he said it on the tapes. So people that say that there's a historical basis for that. You can't discount it. But that's right. what makes right. that's what makes this all the more important is to understand why and fix it. Right. You have to attack root cause. So here's root cause. So the drug war was specifically targeted at those two populations, the hippies and the blacks, because those were his biggest opponents. Those were the ones that were hammering on the Vietnam War, and those were the ones that were hammering on the civil rights, and he did not like it, not one bit. So full, full disclosure, the war on drugs was actually, at its core, a race war. It was He was trying to target... Uh, you know, you're African-Americans, but also a culture war. It was a culture war in that here are people that do not agree with him and that are more independent, more free, kind of branching off. And by the way, they're very vocal. Uh, so we're going to do away with them, too. So, Schaefer, I want you to do this report. Now, he didn't get or didn't realize that Governor Schaefer was going to actually do a thorough report and a and a pretty damn bang up job because it right. was it was because there was no evidence that it impaired driving uh impaired your ability to do work if anything uh people were more mellow uh it encouraged a little more um eating however on the whole there was really no harm in it right it did go into, you know, like if you do too much, you might feel a little paranoia, blah, blah, blah. But on the whole, relative to alcohol, it's a slam dunk. Well, exactly. Nixon didn't right. Nixon didn't like that at all. And and the name of the, the study was called marijuana or what was it? It was um, um, marijuana, uh, something of understanding. I'm going to find it because I, I want people to be you can find it on archive.org. And it's a fascinating read because this was the first ever 
certified in-depth study by the government and it totally went sideways on him. So what did Nixon do? Nixon goes and he puts it in the National Archives and buries it because he doesn't want that. He doesn't. So that's when you have like, this is drugs. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? And it's a fried egg, right? And they're talking about, and they're talking about weed. And then, you know, and of course you have reefer madness and all that stuff. All of that was a. The dare program. Remember, but it, but it's all targeted. So there's (laughs) that. And then of course, you know, you have synthetic fabrics that are synthetic material like um, DuPont's nylon. Hemp was so much better and cheaper and easier to produce and much better for the environment, the whole nine, the nylon. But there's no money in that, really, if you think about it for the DuPonts, and they were a pretty powerful family, so why not? So they were pivotal in the whole um, villainization of, of marijuana. It's right. a plant, right? That's all it is, mm-hmm. just like anything else, you know? And and you see this through history and how it's happened and and prohibition and control and then cradle to grave uh care and um all the all the gimmies and the things in the name of equality and in the name of diversity and all it's all gonna come crashing down just like yuri said and you can see it happening around you as as I speak, I mean, things have gotten so crazy that it's undeniable the effects of this sustained campaign over generations, really. So it, it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody that we're here, but it's pivotal to know how we got here so right. that you can kind of see where things might be leading. Now, that doesn't tell you you're going to know the future. But you'll certainly be better off knowing uh, or having a better idea of where things might lead or how to focus your efforts if you understand the past. And one thing you'll exactly. you'll understand is that it's going to get rough. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. This is the start of it. Everything's kind of tepid right now because the elections are on Tuesday. But after Tuesday, things might get a little hot. Because that's when, oh boy, that's when things start to really happen. Because you're going to have winners, you're going to have losers. Some of them soar, right? And there's going right. to be things that a lame duck Congress, a lot of things that can happen with a lame duck Congress um, in those three to four months before the new Congress takes hold. And even then, what's that Congress going to do if the... um majority isn't enough to override a veto of a senile president and and hmm. take it a step further than that because there's been parties in power before and what did they do they ran us into the ground into the dirt and we battle back and then we run down into the dirt again so I mean, you can buy into the two-party system. You can buy into voting, uh, and that's all well and good. I tend to focus on the local, you know, the ground-up type of stuff. I think you have much more of an influence on a local scale or on a state scale 
But on the federal scale, things have gotten so massive and so big and so corrupt that, um, and quite frankly, doing things in your name that you would never agree to, things in your children's name and generations down the road, assuming we can make it that far, uh, they're, they're doing that. They just have no, uh, there's no conscience about what they're doing and saddling these future generations with. I say that thinking that, um, that, that we even have that in future generations, but chances are the whole system's going to change anyway. You know? Yeah. Something has got to give. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it, Things are definitely going to change. Now, the question is, um, what does that look like? How does that unfold? You never know. Dude, but all I can tell know, you is it's, it's never what you think it is. So don't even mm -hmm. try. Don't try. Because what you're going to do is just <laughs> prepare for something. that <laughs> would be like, ah, oh, crap. You know, just don't don't set your up for set yourself up for disappointment. That's all I can say. That's all I can say. But I cannot stress enough things like uh, Yuri's interview. And uh, please ch check out the full interview. You just got to find it on YouTube if you can find it or uh, other other avenues. And and also check out all of the other G. Edward Griffin interviews that he did. He did one with Norman Dodd that'll blow your socks off. Honest to God, right. right before and, right before Norman Dodd passes away, he spills his guts about um, about the endowments and the things that he saw and is that his assistants saw. That if you listen to it and you see what happened today and where we are, it, it's sickening. It really is, Scott. Yeah. And 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 on the topic of the Fed, G. Edward Griffin also wrote a fantastic book called "The Creature from Jack Jekyll Island." So people That's should right. check that out too. And with oh, that, we're out of time. We're out of time. It's two so. hours coming gone. So we'll see you next week, folks. Thank you for watching the Freedom Link. KGRADB.com. Have a great week. We'll see you next weekend.